Well, we're going to talk about a subject today. How many's enjoyed, before I get into this, how many has enjoyed the series on mental health? Man, hasn't it been great? And I love the title, Let Him Help. Let Him Help. There's so many times, especially in faith, a lot of times we feel like we're just out here doing this on our own and on our own ability. But I'm thankful that there are times where, because, you know, sometimes you might be in faith in one area and you might not be so strong in faith in another area, right? But in that time, we can be like the man that told Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now, we don't want to stay there, right? I'm not going to stay there, but you know what? If I'm not there... It's okay to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But we're going to be talking about the subject kind of, I don't, and I thought about this, you know, Lord, I don't want to talk about the same thing Pastor's been talking about, but when you talk about things in the mind, that's where every battle takes place. How can you not talk about, <laughs> how can you not talk about mental health almost in every service? Because every battle starts in the mind. And people will say, well, you know, I feel it in my body. Well, I know, but you still have a choice of how you're going to respond to what you're feeling. And so every battle starts in the mind. And God began to deal with me on this kind of segue and off of what Pastor Susan has been, through the Holy Spirit, has been speaking on, is what is on the other side of afraid. And I titled it this, The Other Side of Afraid. And kind of a subtitle, what lies beyond fear? What lies beyond fear? What's on the other side of what you are choosing to be afraid of? I'm not lowering that to make you feel like bad. Because nobody really chooses to be afraid of something. Like me with snakes. I didn't didn't say, Lord, just put that fear on the inside of me. It just came... Bob Natural. <laughs> and when I see one, you know it. I, I really can't dance well, but I can come unglued uh, when I see one of those. I don't like them. They don't belong on this, on this property. <laughs> they got to stay gone. But what lies beyond fear? Let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to be talking about fear, not glorifying fear. Not exalting fear, but how to battle against fear. And also, we're going to be talking about rest. And I'm not talking about rest because you're pooped. But I'm talking about rest in your mind. Did you know that you can labor from a state of rest? You can do life from a state of rest. But in First John chapter 4... We're going to be reading verses 15. Um, We'll probably go all the way down through 18. It says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Now here's a key phrase. God is love. Let's say that together. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. Herein is our love made perfect 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I want you to underline that or write it down if you don't like marking in your Bible. I encourage you to mark your Bible up. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Let's say that again. There is no fear in love. Well, if God is love, there is no fear in God. And if I am in God, should I be in fear? No. He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. I want you to understand there are sometimes the Holy Spirit will deal with you on things and you might get a, uh, a feeling or a, I don't really know what the word I'm looking for is, just something that you need to do something or don't do something. But God will never work on torment. He'll never work through torment. So the feeling that you're feeling, if it's torment, it's not God. Because God works through love. Because fear hath torment, he that fear... He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, that's not a death sentence. That's just saying this. If you're operating in fear, then you're not operating in perfect love. And you need to take a step back and realize that if I'm going to look at this world and and my life and do the things in this world, I've got to do it from a state of love. Because God is love. And if I'm going to be in God, I can't have fear in my life. And as he is, that's why I love this phrase, as he is, so are we. In this world. That's why when Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. If if it was translated correctly. Was have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. And when we say love. We need to have the love that God has. Because perfect love casteth out fear. The word casteth. Um actually means dealing with things in a violent manner. When we are dealing with fear and understanding what it is, that it's an attack from the enemy, we don't need to be apologetic about it. We don't need to be, uh, you know, a backbone, a noodle backbone. We need to stand up against it and say, we're not going any further with this right here. Because I'm going to move forward in love and perfect love casts out fear. Or you could say we need to be very violent against fear. God was very violent against fear. And fear brings unrest. In my personal experiences, when I give way to fear, I'm not resting. Um, We went on vacation a few weeks ago, and me and Ellie went to a virtual reality arcade. And the only one that I could ride was just a walkthrough. <laughs> you were just walking through. I couldn't do all the roller coasters and all that stuff. But it was just a walkthrough. And I know that a lot of y'all are going to get on to me, but it was a walkthrough of a haunted house. I was not resting because I did not know what was coming around the corner. That was fear. And when you're afraid, you're not resting. Because, Bo, I did not realize, but I had the the armrest of that chair, the death grip. I wasn't resting. So I found in my own personal experiences that when you are dealing with fear, when I give way to fear, I'm not resting. 
Do how many in here believe that God desires you to live a life of rest? Who doesn't want to rest? You don't want to rest. Well, man, we need to talk after church then. I want to rest. I want to live from a state of rest. I want to think from a state of rest. I want to work from a state of rest. I want to, if I do labor, I want to labor from a state of rest. Not at, You know, there's a difference between working out of fear and anxiety. How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to accomplish this? I've got to hurry up and get this job done so I can get the money to pay for what's already behind. Whenever you're working from a state of maybe trying to buy something in excess. I've, I've seen people that have worked overtime so they could buy land. And I've seen people work overtime so they could pay their electric bill. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to say when you're, how you're laboring. They're, they're needing and they're not working from a state of rest. They're working from a state of need. So let's look at the book of Exodus. The 20th chapter. Some of these uh, sermons, as we get them together, they're not ABC 123. I feel like they're just kind of dealing with uh, where people are. And I feel like right now we're in a state of a world of unrest right now. We got people tore up over songs this week. And I'm like, you know, it just seems like everywhere you go, the enemy's just trying to put unrest in people's lives, and we're just taking the bait and going with it. You don't have to. But let's look at this. Now, I, we could read all the Ten Commandments, and, they, you know, if you read that, you notice God kind of lists, uh, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. But then he gets to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Then he, go, he says this, six days shalt, he goes into great detail here. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all, uh, all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Man, he goes into great detail here. You know, so other ones, he's like, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. But he goes into great detail here. Let's go into Numbers chapter 15. Are you with me? All right. Numbers 15, let's go to verse 32. And it said, And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness... Are you there? I just took off. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. 
All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. And as I read this, I thought this, you know, God takes resting really serious. Does it sound like to you when we read that, that God's kind of passive about resting, about the Sabbath day, according to the old covenant? And I know everybody in here is thinking, okay, now how are you going to explain that God doesn't kill people? Well, here's the thing. God took resting seriously, and God fired the bullet on Mount Sinai that said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And he fired the bullet, and anything that got in the way of that bullet It wasn't that God wanted them dead, but they got in the way of the bullet that he fired that said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and to rest and to not work or to do anything on it. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I get that. But I was listening to Robert Morris, which he's doing. He's got a book called Take the Day Off. I want to encourage you. I'm just in the first chapter. I'm living life way too much. The wrong was, I was like, I'm, I, I had to admit, God, I'm living a majority of my life out of stress. And he's called us to rest. And, but I thought, you know, God, why so violent? Why so, I mean, the guy was picking up sticks. I mean, it wasn't like he was uh, making money on the Sabbath day. He was just picking up sticks. But this is what Robert Moore said. He said, inside the old covenant was a seed of the new covenant that was to be protected. And inside the day of rest was the seed of a life of rest. And it had to be protected. I had to, t- I had to put it on pause and just, okay, I've got to think about that one for a while. Is the seed of the life of rest had to be protected. And it wasn't that God was upset or, you know, was, was just mad and wanted to kill somebody, but he was protecting the seed. And we should be taking a violent stance against the fear that wants to take us out of the rest that Jesus has provided for us. And just, you can go back later today and read Hebrews chapter 4, and you can see the life of rest that Jesus has provided for us. That's why whenever we're feeling fear and we're feeling unrest in our life, we need to take a violent stance against that and say it's not going any further. I'm not going to, not that it's not going any further, but I cast that thought out because fear brings torment. It's trying to torment you. I've been reading a book from Vic Porter called Leadership Principles. And uh, this was a quote, I think I shared it with the online Sunday school class um, last week. But he said this, the goal of fear is to hold you captive in your mind against your will. I'm going to say it again so you can write it down. The goal of fear is to hold you captive in your mind against your will. So let's turn to Second Timothy. And we, we know this passage here, right? 
one and one one seven. Two two of you. We know it. I'm just kidding. Let's start in verse two. He said to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. You know, something that we are to do sometimes is just go through the Bible and read them. When we see the word peace, just underline it. We see that God talks about peace a whole lot. From God, Peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, I know for the majority of us, we know these passages of Scripture, but there may be people here that believe. We don't just need to assume everyone knows, right? That's why we, we read these things, even though we feel like everybody may know them. But this is the question, very, very elementary. If God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, then who's trying to? I mean, I know that's simple, but just, just think about that for a minute. If, if, God, if God is not giving you the spirit of fear, who is? It's the enemy. But you need to rehearse that. Sometimes we need to hear that. We also need to rehearse that sometimes in my mind. Who is bringing this thought to me? Who is bringing this, this to me? And we need to answer ourselves with the enemy or Satan or whoever you want to call it, whatever you want to call him. But you could go back to the Vic Porter quote, and you could say it this way, not trying to read, I'm not saying that he didn't say it good enough. He's, he's forgot more than I know. But he said, uh, I, I thought this was helped me, I'll just say it. Satan wants to offer you fear with hopes of you taking the bait so he can gain access and hold you captive in your mind against what you truly desire. And as we all covered, except for one person over here that doesn't want peace in their life and rest in their life, um, that we all really do want that. I think anybody in their right mind would say they want rest in their life. So it's, it's easy to, it's more easy for me to realize that, that whenever we desire these things and we want these things, and that, that what the Satan is trying to do is to hold you captive against what you really want. And the enemy doesn't want you having rest and peace in your life. Amen. So we have to look at this if, as I said earlier, if, if God's not bringing it to you, we have to ask who is. And then he also gives him something to do here, in ver- back up in verse 6. He said to stir up the gift of God. He said thou, or we could say you, stir up the gift of God. So as we studied the last few weeks, the battle is in the mind. 
So let God help you. Well, how do I let him help? And as I said there, Paul told Timothy that he needed to stir up the gift of God. And I, I, and I thought to myself, what is the gift of God? I know we could, but my, this is the way my mind works. Stir up the gift of God. And I thought to myself, well, what is the gift of God? We could say a lot of things are a gift from God. But this passage in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, I know we're talking about the focus gets put on grace here, but we also have to look in the same sentence that faith is also a gift of God. And Jude verse 1 and 20, we, anyways, uh, hang on. When we say that faith is a gift from God and we're to stir up the gift of God, how do I stir up the gift of God, which is faith? One, or one being faith. In Jude, uh, in Jude verse 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, that's not just religious jargon. That is the truth of God that you stir up the gift of God, which one of those gifts is faith that he gives to you. And I stir up that gift by praying in the Spirit. And a lot of people want to argue that stuff and they want to manipulate that. But First Corinthians 14 and 2, you don't have to turn there. You can just write it down, look at it later. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. There are times when I don't know what to pray that I begin to pray in the Spirit. And then I begin to pray mysteries. And I can stir up that gift by praying in the Spirit. And when we get in the Spirit, the fruit of that Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Now, I have, uh, and I know it's camp week, and I'm, I'm trying to, I told, I told Ellie I'd do my best not to preach long today. Because I know she is, she's just ready to go. And I'm thankful for that. But this story came to me, and I've been very... Uh, reluctant to share it with you because um, I don't want to make you think that I'm weak, uh, that I don't practice what I preach. Um, you know, just get up here and basically indict yourself. But as I said earlier, we uh, we went on a vacation a few weeks ago, and you know we saved up for the whole year. I'm going to try to give you the, the condensed version of this. We saved real hard. We found a real nice condo at Gulf Shores. And I never really, I mean, I've been to the beach before, but not like a real nice beach. Um, and we had saved real hard. We had found a place. We'd worked real hard, saved up the money. And we set a date, got it booked, and we were headed out. But a few weeks before this, what people don't understand is I can probably count on one hand uh, how many times I've been south of Little Rock. When I say I'm a homeboy, I don't venture very far out. Uh, Branson has been about as far as I go. Uh, and But a lot of it has to do 
with, there's been things in, in my past that I've dealt with because of fighting against, the, against fear that wants to bring things up to me is what, it, what are you going to do if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What are you going to do? And, you know, we had been, and, and that was started to come back in my mind. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm not blaming anybody but myself for allowing thoughts to enter that don't need to be there. It's nobody's fault but mine. Um, even though the enemy may have presented them to me, it was my, it was my decision to take it and go with it. And in, in my mind, when we, and Mandy was finding this place and she was booking them and all the things, and in my mind, I'm like, well, man, what if we get down there and uh, the vehicle tears up? You know, you see how your mind, you see where the, where the enemy wants to put things in there? He's just trying to ruin your fun. You know what? He's just trying to keep you from having a good time. But I put all those to the side, and I was like, you know, you know, just didn't really just put it off to the side. And anyways, we left real early on a Saturday morning, about 3 o'clock in the morning, because we were going to, uh, the lady called. We could get in a little bit earlier, so we took off early. And I'm sitting in Little Rock pumping gas at about 3.30 in the morning. And as I'm sitting there, the thought came back to me again, you've never really been south of Little Rock. And I'm sitting here going, you know, just thoughts, just thinking. I'm watching really, you know, the at the pumps now where they got the TV for you. Like, we need more TV. That's at the pump now, you know. Like, we're that bored. We can't even pump gas without watching TV. <laughs> but these thoughts begin. What, what are you going to do if you get down there and your vehicle tears up? What are you going to do if you have a flat tire and you're trying to change that tire in the middle of the dark? Just all these dumb things. And I thought, I just didn't think nothing about it. And I got in the, to my shame, I begin to let that thought fester and go in my mind. And I'm saying this about as ashamed as I can say it. But within about five minutes, I'm in a full-blown panic attack. Doubled over. My wife is quoting Bible verses to me. And I'm telling her, I just need you to be quiet. It wasn't really a good ride for about 10 minutes there. I needed her to be quoting me Bible verses, but that's, you know, when you're giving in to your flesh, that's the last thing you want to hear. So kudos to her. And I apologize for that. <laughs> but as we're going and these thoughts just, I mean, we'd pull over and I just have to get, I mean, this is shameful, but I, I feel like this is going to help someone. Just get out and just breathe breathe and I'm sitting here going okay the series pastor Susan I'm like Lord I need your help I need your help right now and this I know this sounds crazy but the thought that entered my mind was this put your hands over your head hey I this time I'm willing to try anything I put my hands over my head and all of a sudden and so I'm, I'm like this in the car Audrey is driving and I just felt this begin to pray in the spirit. I'm like I said, I'm willing to do anything. Stand on my head, count to ten, whatever, I'll, anything to get this feeling off of me. But I begin to pray in the spirit, and I got to noticing that as I close my eyes, I begin to pray in the spirit, which goes back to the deal about how do we stir up faith. 
and, and part of the fruit of the Spirit is peace, how do we stir that peace up? Well, a lot of my words weren't wanting to match what God's word said. So I began to pray in the spirit. And because of that, I begin, my spirit began to speak mysteries. That my, my natural man could, couldn't at that time get out. But I began to pray in the spirit. And the next thing I know, the, the sun is coming up. And I begin to see, you know, South Arkansas, apparently, I did not know this, a lot of cornfields and bean fields. It was farm, I mean, backbone of America. And I was like, this is great. I didn't know South of Little Rock could be so good, Bubba. And I were just going down there and forgot all about it. We make it to Gulf Shores. Everything's all fine and dandy. I get up the next morning and we're, we go down to the beach. Our condo is right across from the beach. And I'm sitting, I mean, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. And as my family is out there playing in the water and I'm sitting in a lawn chair just soaking up the sun. And I don't know what it is about the sun. It's just a different kind of sun down there. Just soaking it up and it felt so good. I felt so much peace and so much just relaxation. And this, this is what God brought to me. He said, this is what the other side of afraid looks like. Everything that you were afraid of on the, on the other side was, was this. This is what he said to me, our glorious times. And I'm not talking about just going to the beach. I'm talking about things in our life that want to present fear to us, that want to present fear and, and to keep you at bay from doing the things that you desire to do, like we talked about earlier, things that want to hold you captive in your mind, Against your will. It's the enemy doing his best to keep you from going over and experiencing the glorious moments that God has prepared for you. That could be going to the beach. That could be that new job. That could be that new business. That could be going after that addiction. That could be go ahead and going to camp. That could be deciding we're going to start doing a budget. You want to know why couples don't work on budget? Because money it will cause some of the biggest fights you've ever had. Has anybody? Can anybody testify to that? But you see what's on the other side of that, doing the budget. For us as a family meant we get to go on vacation. You might, this is what people don't, and I don't want to talk about money so much right now, but people realize this. If you do a budget, you got a whole lot more money than what you think you do. You just realize you've been spending it on dumb stuff. And you begin to, I'm just saying, people are afraid of doing that. Because they don't want to deal with the contentions in the home. But what they don't realize is on the other side of that is glorious times. But here's the thing in a nutshell. I took the bait of the enemy. I took that thought. I took it. He didn't make me. I took it. But when I began to pray in the spirit, peace began to flood my body and my mind. 
And as I said, the next day God reminded me. Because I'm going to tell you that one gas station we stopped in just so I could get a breath. I felt like I needed a tetanus shot when we got out of there. <laughs> but, and this really wasn't a great faith statement, but I looked in the mirror and I said, I don't care if you have to go in a body bag, you're going to Gulf Shores. <laughs> that's not a great faith statement, but that's where I was. I'm talk, taking the violent approach against fear. We're going, die, sink, or swim. But that's, I'm just talking about the violence of that is we're not going to take this. We're not putting up with this. Because we go back to this, if, if the life of peace that Jesus has provided for us, that God protected in the, in the old covenant, the seed of the new covenant, and part of that being rest, if, if that seed is there and it sprouted whenever Jesus and the finished work on the cross, that plant sprouted, why is it, why are we operating in fear? We are to be taking a violent stance against it. Man, apparently, uh, God had a man killed because he picked up sticks. Because it wasn't because he was, as I said, I know this is redundant, but we're trying to get past our head and in our heart, okay? He's protecting that seed, that life of rest that he wants you to live in. This is why we need to take such a, a I, I use this word staunch, it's just the most thing that, uh, that I know to use to describe how we need to look at the things that are stopping us from enjoying life. And I want to rob you of the life of rest that God has for you. Worrying, full of anxiety and fear and dread. What if this happens? What if that happens? Well, what if it don't? What if it doesn't happen? What if everything is a-okay? Do you ever think about that? What's on the other side of, I'm not talking about not listening to the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about things that are coming to you in the form of torment, telling you, don't do that. What are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? What if I follow what God's telling me to do and on the other side of that fear is glorious times? You ever think about that one? And I thought about, you know, sometimes we need to wage war on the enemy. You know, Jason Aldean apparently took a stance on don't do this in, in a small town. I thought maybe we need to look at the devil and say don't try this in the kingdom of God. Second yeah. yeah. Corinthians 10 and 5, Paul said this, casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every Single thought. If it's the difference between you living in fear and living in rest, would it not be worth your time to take and examine every thought that's entered into your mind? Is this thought going to bring me into rest? Well, when you're sitting at the gas pump and, and the devil's trying to tell you everything in your vehicle is going to tear up before you get to Gulf Shores... Or all this kind of stuff that's going, you know, that he, anything that you will take and let him present to you. And I know your people are laughing because my wife, I was sharing with her Friday about possibly sharing this story. And she said, John, most people look forward to going on vacation. <laughs> and I said, well, I do. But, you know, it's just all this unset. But when you, man, when, I'm getting down there and just resting. Not a thing on my mind. 
And in myself, I thought, you know what? This is really, I'm not talking about living in Gulf Shores. I'm saying this is the life that God wants you to live every day. Because Jesus said, what, how many of you can add one bit of stature to their life by worry? I worry, some, I don't worry, but I think about sometimes what I weigh. But, you know, sitting around worrying about it ain't going to help me lose any weight. I, if, if, you know, and if worrying worked, I'd tell you to do it. But it's never helped me. I've never read in Scripture where it helped anyone. Matter of fact, the only thing I've read in, in, in spiritually inspired reading is everything, do everything to avoid it. But is this thought going to bring me into rest? And I'm not saying don't take care of things, but take care of it from a state of rest. If the card needs fixed, go fix it. Have it fixed. He said he would supply all my need according to his riches and glory. So if I take the car, it's broke down, and I take it to the mechanic, am I out of faith? No, I'm just... Here you go, fix it. I got faith that you're going to fix it, and I'm going to sit over here and read a magazine and drink a Coke while you do. I'm not going to sit and worry it fixed. I'm not going to sit and worry my bills paid. It's just not going to, I'm not going to sit and worry health into my body. And as I said, I'll say this in closing. There are times when the Spirit will check us on decisions. And there's times the Spirit will, but he'll never use torment. He will never torment you. Uh, he will never use that to try to get you to do something because uh, it would be going against his character. Amen? Would you stand with me? And if you're dealing with things in your life, and I know our, our campers need to get going, they got things to do, Come to me after church, and let's talk. And not just talk, we'll, I will pray with you, get you on the right path, because God's design in you is for you to rest. A state, I'm not talking about going home and going to sleep. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. I'm just saying, you don't have to worry about things. You don't have to dread life. And we sang, he's the way maker. He's already made a way. He's already made a way. So rest in that. You say, well, I'm still dealing. I think it's Hebrews 4 that said this, labor to enter into that rest. So if you just got to work, <laughs> work to enter into the rest. Work at saying, I'm going to rest in this. Amen.